How's it going, everybody, and welcome back to episode number three of the Elbows Up podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about our final World Junior review and talk about the all-star teams, uh, what we thought about the individual awards, and how we thought about uh, the teams overall. I'm with my co-host, Keenan Kilback. How's it going, buddy? I'm really excited to get this going. Obviously, the tournament was amazing. One of the best tournaments I've seen in a long time. And, you know, Canada winning is just the icing on the top. Yeah, I think we just get into that right away. It was a great final. Uh, Czechia versus Canada. We both had these guys going into the final. Uh, but wow, it was a close game. Going in, you had Czechia. I had Canada. Um, it was as close as it could get. Uh, going to overtime with that Dylan Gunther, two-on-one OT winner, golden goal. Uh, two years straight, uh, they won it in overtime. Uh, it was just an amazing game. Canada pretty much dominated for the first two periods, and they let off probably halfway through the third and let Czechia get back in it. Um, but that's how Czechia has, has been playing the whole tournament. They just uh, they fight, and then they, they take advantage when they can. Uh, what do you think about this game? It was it was truly a barmer. It was unreal. You know, I was telling you beforehand that I would love to see an overtime game way more than a blowout. You know, you were saying no matter what, you just want Canada to win, but I really like the close games. And just like last year, overtime, you know, gold medal game with a golden goal is as good as it can get. So it, it was awesome. And we have to talk about the Dylan Gunther goal. It, it was kind of lucky he fanned on it there. And it was his re- reaction was pretty funny. He didn't even drop his gloves, and he it's like he wasn't even that excited. <laughs> it was yeah, pretty funny. it seems like in the last two years, uh, including with Ken Johnson's goal and now Dylan Gunther's OT winner, they almost seem more relieved than they do seem excited. Like they, they, they you can tell they expect to win. So when they do win, it's just more of like a weight off their shoulder. So for sure, in a way, you you feel a little bit bad for these kids that when uh, they're not really celebrating, they're, they're more just kind of happy to get it over with and relieved that they won it. I, I think this is one of the best tournaments we've seen in years. Uh, you know, there were so many overtime games, all the playoff games through the, the quarters, the semis, the finals went to overtime. Like, in the final day, both games went to overtime. The day before, Czech, Swede, and the semis went to overtime. Like, it was just so exciting. There were so many upsets. And, you know, when you add in Bedard's, you know, personal performance, it's probably the best World Juniors I've seen in, like, the last 10 years at least. Yeah, and like you said, Bedard put on a world-class show, and he showed why he is a generational talent. I think that's pretty pretty uh, uncontroversial to say that now after this tournament. But like you said, about the upsets, there were a lot of them, especially in the preliminary round. But uh, in saying that, we both almost had perfect brackets, uh, including the semifinals, uh, the quarterfinals, the relegation round, and the finals. Uh, we were both seven for eight. Uh, I predict the finals right with Canada, and my mistake was saying that Sweden would win the bronze instead of the USA when they fell short in that overtime thriller, uh, while your mistake was Czechia winning, but you predicted uh, USA to win the bronze. And, and I'm glad I got the Canada game wrong, obviously, as a Canadian. When I chose that, I you know I wasn't choosing from the heart. I just kind of was going with my gut, I guess, prediction. Who I thought would really win, and I'm glad I was wrong. It, it was a really close game, though. Like seven for eight on our predictions, that's not bad. And both the games on the final day went to overtime, so it was really close games. It could have went either way, uh, but yeah, I think we did pretty good on our predictions. Yeah, for sure, and especially in a tournament where it's win or go home. You know, like just uh, a single elimination. It's it's definitely hard to predict those, right? So I was uh, pretty impressed with uh, how we turned out. 
yeah, and about that gold medal game. Wow, that was that was amazing. Uh, after last year's final, I didn't think we could see a better gold medal game, but I think this was arguably up there as well. There's only ever been three uh, Canadian World Junior Golden Goal uh, moments, and we've got two in the last two years. So it's it's pretty impressive uh, just to see what these players have been doing and uh, how how the tournament has delivered. Uh, we had some guys step up that we we really needed to. Uh, two of them being Dylan Gunther and Shane Wright. Uh, we're gonna start with Shane Wright. Uh, he kind of had a slow tournament. I know in our first couple episodes, uh, specifically, I was a little bit um, underwhelmed by what Shane Wright has been doing. Uh, I, and I was really excited to see what he could do in this tournament up until the gold medal game. I was a little bit underwhelmed still, and uh, he didn't have a 5-on-5 five five goal, and his line didn't have a 5-on-5 five five goal either, so it was good to see uh, him get on the board with that, that beauty on 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He, his That whole line, especially right, I think was really underwhelming in the preliminary round and even like the quarters and the semis. Like you said, they didn't have an even-strength goal until the gold medal game. All of all Gunther's goals were on the power play, you know, heading into the gold medal game. Same with Wright, same with Othman. So, you know, at five on five, they weren't doing much. And I think that was, I told you this, it was my biggest concern going into the, the last couple games, the semis in the gold medal game was Canada's five on five. I, I even mentioned it last podcast that their even strength play was not as good as it could be. And a lot of it had to do with the top line, you know, not having an even strength goal. That's very underwhelming. I thought Wright and Gunther, especially considering their NHL guys, they should have came down here and dominated this tournament. And I really didn't see that from them until the gold medal game. And it, it was huge that they stepped up. They needed to, and they did. You know, Wright scored a beauty, and Gunther with two goals, the golden goal. It was, you know, we we could we wouldn't have won that game without them. So it was big that they, you know, stepped up when they really needed to. Yeah, for sure. Those two specifically were very great, but I don't think we can count out Brennan Hoffman either. I think through the first two periods, uh, he, in my opinion, was the best player on the ice. Uh, just with his uh, his physicality, and uh, he was just playing great. So I, I was really impressed by him, despite him not getting on the scoreboard. He did have an assist on uh, on Gunther's power play goal. but Yeah, that, that hit in the first period really set the tone and got the boys going. He's so physical. Yeah, yeah. So they had a great line, a great line that game. I, I think that was definitely their best game as a line, would you say? I, I agree for sure. Like like I said, they, they were not up to expectations throughout most of the tournament, and they really stepped up this game. Yeah, you know, maybe Czechia had more of a game plan for that Bedard line, and uh, may, maybe it did work because uh, he didn't pick up a point. That was for his, his first game. Uh, he didn't pick up a point in the whole tournament, which is crazy to say. So maybe their plan on him and his line, uh, they executed that well. But, you know, we got three N- or two NHLers on the first line, and a 16th overall pick from two years ago. So, and, and that's what you need to win. You need an overall team. You can't just have one guy carrying. And that's kind of what Bedard did. And that's why it was a concern of mine. But they did what they needed to. You know, Bedard got shut down in the Golden Oak game, and the other guys stepped up. As far as Shane Wright, we just found out news today that he'll be going back down to the Kingston Frontenacs of the OHL. Uh, it is expected that he's going to be dealt here in the next couple of days, maybe even later today uh, as the time at the time of this podcast. One of the teams that is interested in acquiring Shane Wright is the Peterborough Peets, uh, who already have Brennan Othman on their team. So that would be an amazing team to, to watch in the OHL and hopefully in the Memorial Cup. That would be awesome to see. So as far as him getting sent down, 
I I think it's pretty clear that uh, I feel like this is the right move for him. I, I think the only way he would he would go back up to the NHL after this tournament is if he did a Bedard type performance or a little bit less, obviously. Uh, but definitely like one of the top three point scorers in, in the point scorers in the tournament uh, would be a reason to call him back up. But he just didn't really do that. And like we said, he was a little bit underwhelming throughout the course of this tournament. So I think it's good for his development just to keep this confidence going and maybe going to the crack and next year strong. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think his performance at the World Junior really showed like that he is not NHL ready, in my opinion. Like, because the World Juniors is not close to the NHL competition. And he did not dominate like he should have. You, if you're NHL ready, you should be dominating that tournament. I think the only ones that did were probably Bedard, Cooley, and Juracek that are yeah. maybe the only ones that are NHL ready. So, And I don't think Wright's on that list. I think it's good for him, especially because he wasn't getting much of a chance in Seattle, you know, just to get sent down, you know, to the OHL with his peers, guys his age, you know, build some confidence, dominate down there again. And it would be nice if he did get traded to Peterborough to play with his friend growing up, Brennan Othman, line mate at the World Juniors. So I think it's, it's going to be great for him and Seattle. Yeah, for sure. And like, we got to remember this guy was just drafted last year too. It's right. Like, uh, look at the great rookies in the league the last couple of years. Not many of them, except for some of the all-star superstar generational type talents have dominated or even just done very well in their first year. You know, look at Maddie Beneers. He's in his second year. Owen Power, second year. Slavkov, he's in his first year. He's not having a great year. Um, just look at the last couple of uh, rookie of the year winners and not many guys step into the league as a freshman, I guess you could say, and, and dominate, right? So, Yeah, I think the last guy to really come in and dominate the league at 18 was like Matthews and Liney and, you know, McDavid before them. But other than that, it's, it's really rare for, you know, an 18-year-old rookie top five pick or whatever to come in and dominate the league. It's, it's really rare. You look at Jack Hughes, Cabo Caco, they, they were some of the worst players in the league in their rookie years. And they, the same way, even Lafreniere, like he he wasn't ready. Byfield as well. I think I think teams just need to have more patience. I think, you know, you, you give these guys more time to develop with people their age. And I don't I don't I don't see the rush. I think you you got to wait. And you know, even if you wait really long, like look at Kaprizov in Minnesota, that was totally worth the wait. He probably could have came a bit earlier, but he couldn't because of the contract. But I really think that giving these guys more time to develop it, it really pays off in the end. Yeah, I 100% agree, and I think those are really good points that you brought up about past players, and especially uh, for the Seattle Kraken. You know, you look at a guy that we just mentioned, Matty Beneers, he took that one year off, and now he's probably going to win the Rookie of the Year. I think, especially being an expansion team, and this is only, what, the second or third season of their of their existence, what's the rush? You know, like, you just got this great player in Shane Wright. Let him develop. You, you guys aren't going to win the Cup probably in the next two to five years, to be honest. What's the rush with bringing this guy up and just kind of throwing him the fire right away? Let's let's get his confidence up a little bit more. He's shown what he can do defensively. And I personally think he's fine defensively at the, at the NHL level right now. But let's just get that NHL upside uh, offensively up a little bit more. And I, I hope he can do that in the, in the next few years. Another guy I think we need to talk about for Canada is Thomas Millich. Going into the tournament, Canada didn't really have a starting goalie. They, they kind of had a 1A, 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 1B excuse me, situation going on between Thomas Millich and Benjamin Gaudreau. They, they were alternating starts throughout the preliminary round. 
and like we said last podcast, Milic really had the chance to step up in that uh, New Year's Eve game against Sweden, and he did. And from that point on, you know, he took the reins. He took the starting job and ran away with it. He, he was he was really good. What did you think about his tournament? Well, you know, in the first episode, uh, I remember saying, you know, these two guys aren't household names, but Canada usually has one goaltender who you don't know the start of the tournament, and they come out of the tournament uh, being a household name, and that happened again this year for sure. Uh, Thomas Millich, he was amazing, uh, not just in the playoff round, but in the preliminary round when he did get a start uh, against Sweden especially. That was really kind of his coming out party, I guess you could say, and since then he, he stole the crease and that was his. Uh, that, that was an amazing tournament. You know, I don't think it's comparable to like a Devin Levi or some of the great goalies in the past, such as like uh, Justin Pogge or guys like that, you know. But I, I think for uh, expectations going into this year, it is definitely up there with how impressive it was. So at the end of the semifinal game, uh, Canada's top three players of the tournament were announced. Connor Bedard was one of them. Uh, Stan Coven was the second one, which he very well deserved it as well. And Joshua Wall was the third one, which was also very well-deserved. Uh, just an amazing 200-foot player, and he, he, uh, he was very consistent throughout the whole tournament. Uh, you don't see uh, a whole line get the top three players of the tournament uh, for a team, and that, that, was very, that was very cool to see that. And they were all very well-deserving. You know, Sometimes they just give it to defensemen just to throw it around a little bit. But uh, those three very well-deserved it. And I know that you were very impressed with Joshua Wah. So what do you got about this guy? Just He's a fifth-round pick in Montreal. Like, that's looking pretty good, hey? Yeah, this guy really surprised me. Last year, he was solid. You know, he played on the team last year. I think he was one of the more underrated players on the team last year. Like, he, you know, he was playing third line, and he played well. But this year, it was just something else from him. I, I was not expecting it at all. Going into the tournament, he was playing on the third line on that – all Quebec league line and you know that's where I expected him to stay just kind of like a penalty killing guy with a little bit of secondary offense but you know he came in and really forced head coach Dennis Williams to move him up in the lineup and he deserved it I think he was probably Canada's most consistent forward throughout the tournament maybe besides Bedard but all around he was one of the better defensive players for sure on the penalty kill He, he was really dangerous offensively you know, in the offensive zone and on the penalty kill. He, it was a lot of times he would just forecheck. He was an absolute menace on the forecheck. He, he was killing a lot of time in the offensive zone. He, he had a really good tournament. And, he, you know, he looks like a steal for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, for sure. Just a great overall uh, last couple of years for Joshua Wah. And I know previously we, we kind of mentioned uh, a, a guy that I really think is a good comparison for him, uh, not just for the role he's in, but the skill set and the tools that he has is Zach Hyman. I think uh, obviously he's playing with two great players, uh, Hyman playing with McDavid and, and Dreisleit quite a bit, whether it's on a, the same line or on the power play. And obviously uh, Joshua Wah playing with Stan Coven and Bedard. They have a lot of talent around them. But as far as individually, uh, you can put him out there in any situation, whether it's penalty kill, power play, uh, you know, five on five in the last couple minutes when, when you need a goal or maybe you need to uh, just get it high and hard off the glass and, and just win a game uh, in, a, in a kind of a gritty fashion. So I think this guy is a great addition to any NHL team. Like we said, probably not NHL ready just yet. But, I mean, for a fifth-round pick, this might be a huge steal that we're looking back in a couple of years saying, how did this happen? Yeah, and like you said, 
I, I think it was really good that he was one of the players of the tournament for Canada. I wasn't expecting it. I, th- I thought they would, they would just, you know, give it to Zellweger just because, you, you know, you rarely see three forwards, you know, all named the players of the tournament. So I, I was a little surprised there, but I think it was very well deserved, like you said. Yeah, and speaking of defensemen, uh, one guy we got to talk about, not for a positive situation, uh, unfortunately, is Nolan Island. Uh, back there, especially in the playoff round, uh, he was just brutal. There was, in my opinion, there was no reason why he should be out there in any, in any situation. And if I was Dennis Williams, I wouldn't have gave him a second of ice time. You know, maybe he goes on the ice between TV timeouts, and that's about it. No more. And I'm dead serious. This guy should not touch the ice. I, I can't believe that he's a Chicago. Uh, a Chicago was he a first round pick? He was. He was. What a waste. What of a What pick are we doing? Was. What a waste of a pick that was. Uh, Nolan Allen. Like when I was watching the games, I was like, "Is there another Nolan Allen that like his invite just got sent to the wrong Nolan Allen?" Because what we saw from this guy, he's not a first round pick. I agree. Um, it's it's funny because in the preliminary round, I thought he was completely fine out there. You know, he doesn't really have much offenses at all, at all to his game, so he was just quietly going about his business in the defensive zone, killing penalties. He was fine, in in, in my opinion. But once it got to the uh, the playoff round, especially the last two games against U.S. and Czechia, I think he probably had at least ten giveaways between those two games. I think he had like eight against the United States, and there was a few shifts over those two games where he had multiple giveaways in the same sequence. And he's, I don't think one time the opponents ended up taking advantage of that. So, he, you know, maybe p- people didn't really notice it because of that. But, he, you know, he was lucky because of that. And on one of the occasions, one of the giveaways, Brant Clark ended up getting hurt from blocking a shot because of the giveaway. Yeah. And we're lucky that he wasn't out of the next game because he ended up getting assists on the golden goal. So, <laughs> I mean, Nolan Allen was not very good this tournament. And not just how many turnovers he had, uh, whether it was per shift or even per period, but it was where they were on the ice that, that made a big impact. All of his turnovers were either right in front of the net or in the corners, which created a good chance. They weren't just kind of lazy turnovers in the offensive zone or even in the neutral zone. They were in his own defensive end. It's like, buddy, you got one job. You're a defensive de- defenseman, and, and yeah, you're going to be doing this. Like, they were all in the D zone. He couldn't make a breakout pass. Yeah, so... I'm not too sure what the invite situation was 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 with him because uh, I I don't understand that. But thankfully, in the end, it didn't end up mattering because Canada did take home the gold. Yeah, and speaking of terrible defense, uh, this bronze medal game was something else either. Eight seven, uh, USA overtime winner, uh, Winnipeg Jets first round pick Chaz Lucius with a huge overtime winner, uh, to to complete his hat trick. So. Uh, the Jets are looking pretty solid with that pick, I gotta say. But as far as defensively, um, these goalies just said, you know, we've had a couple of games the last uh, last couple of days. We're gonna take this one off, hey? Yeah, it was a terrible game to watch. You know, I guess if you like goals, maybe it was exciting. But if you like good structured playoff type hockey, you know, exciting physical, you know, tight defensive game with exciting plays, that it, this was not it. There was just so many weak goals going on, so many like own goals, so many weird deflections, so, so many just terrible plays, terrible mistakes. There was no structure at all. I don't think that any of these teams should be happy with their tournament. I don't think USA should care about their bronze medals. I, I don't think, I mean, 
they were solid in, overall in the tournament, but that last game, neither of those teams deserved to win the bronze medal. An 8-7 final is just ridiculous. The defense and the goaltending was just optional that night. Nobody came, and it was just terrible. USA couldn't even hold on to a lead for two minutes. They even gave one up like 10 seconds left to force overtime. Like, uh, neither of these teams deserve to win. Yeah, and I, I agree. Like, there were nine goals in that second period, and I think that kind of that kind of screwed both teams over. You know, going to the third, they, they probably felt a little bit, like, underwhelmed with how they both played. Like, they couldn't believe that they were still in, in the game when giving up four or five goals, you know, just in that period alone. Yeah, and these were two uncharacteristic performances for both teams, but especially Sweden. Uh, they've been very well uh, defensively in their own zone, and a huge reason of that has been Carl Lindblom. Uh, we both had him as our goaltender of the tournament in our predictions, and unfortunately, I think he he slid because of this performance. You know, uh, he had the best goals against average and the best save percentage going into this bronze medal game. And I think it's easy to say that those both tanked. He had a below 800 save percentage in that bronze medal game. And I, I'm, I believe throughout the tournament, he was around a 9, or 0. 0.950 around there, right? So 95% down to 78, 79% obviously will take a tank. And I think that's a big reason why uh, why he didn't get that award. Yeah, that prediction was looking pretty good for us throughout the first five, six games of the tournament. Lindbaum was unbelievable. I think he had two or three shutouts in the preliminary round. And he was really good against the Czechs in the semifinal game. Obviously, Sweden didn't end up, win- end up winning, but he was Sweden's best player that game. They just didn't have any offense. So, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that Lindbaum, you know, pretty much lost chance to win the goalie of the tournament in that one game alone. Yeah, so for that prediction, we did have Carl Lindblom ended up being uh, Adam Guyan from Slovakia, winning goaltender of the tournament. He had a very solid tournament as well. Uh, a great performance against Canada in that uh, quarterfinal game as well. Um, but uh, he came into the tournament as a third as a third goalie for Slovakia. So he wasn't really expected any playing time. And, uh, you know, similar to Joshua Why he just worked his way up and he, uh, you know, he got recognized from the IHF because of it. So uh, props to that guy. Yeah, they actually mentioned on the broadcast that he came into the tournament. He didn't even make the team originally. He wasn't even like the third goalie, but then I think somebody got hurt or something. And he was added to the team late, which is like crazy. And then he ends up working his way to the starting job and he just ran away with it. He was unbelievable in every single game. He almost single-handedly beat Canada in the quarterfinal game. I, I really think that he deserved to win this award. You know, not often you see a goalie from a team that didn't even make the semis win this award, but nobody else was amazing. You know, I, I think Suhanik on Czechia was good. Obviously, Lindbaum was great, but because of that last game, he lost it. So I think Guyan deserved it. Yeah, for sure. And a huge shout out to Adam Guyan uh, just for getting that done. And as he, as he was pretty much a huge long shot going into the tournament. Uh, our next guy who won the best defensive of the tournament uh, definitely wasn't a long shot to win it. Uh, despite none of us predicting this right, he was both in our top two or even our top three uh, to win this. And uh, that was David Yurchek from Team Czechia. Uh, what a stellar performance from this guy. Uh, Columbus first round pick from last year. 
and he, he had a great tournament all, all throughout, uh, on both sides of the puck. You know, he was a great penalty killer. Uh, he threw the body a lot. He had that huge goal against Sweden uh, to send them into overtime. Uh, you know, if you're if you're a Columbus GM, you're thinking you pretty much knocked this one out of the park, eh? hundred percent. I thought going to that draft, he was the defense the best defenseman in that draft. I thought he was better than Nemitz. And I think everything that we've seen since the draft would agree with that. I think he was a great, great pick for Columbus, getting him sixth overall. He, he is an unbelievable player. I, I, you know, I had him second for the defensive of the tournament going in. I probably would have taken him, but I wanted to go with a bit more of a hot take. You know, so I went with Hamasalmi, which did not age well. <laughs> but what are you going to do? But Yurichek was unbelievable. I think he was one of my favorite players to watch in the tournament. Yeah, and his teammate on the back end, uh, Swazil, is also a Columbus uh, draft pick. So these guys might have a deep NHL career together. And I think especially for Columbus, who hasn't really had trouble with scoring, uh, but more of their troubles in net and on the back end. These are two guys that are up and coming that can really help fix this problem. Last but not least, we're going to get into our MVP and best forward of the IIHF World Junior Championship, and that was Connor Bedard. Uh, you know, we've talked so much about this guy. Uh, TSN has talked so much about this guy, and for great reason. Um, we're going to be talking about this guy probably in the next couple of months, and especially uh, in the summer when we talk about our uh, NHL draft predictions and uh, everything with that. So I'm almost at a loss for words for this kid. He pretty much broke every single uh, Canadian World Junior record, and if he didn't break it, he tied it. Uh, I don't think there's much more we could have asked from this guy. You know, not a great... Uh, gold medal game, but you know what? Their whole uh, plan in Czechia, that is, that uh, it was planned around him. And you don't see uh, a 17-year-old getting this uh, preparation from an opponent that much, and maybe not even ever. And uh, it's just a, a great tournament. And honestly, I think from a 17-year-old, we haven't seen a performance like this since probably Wayne Gretzky, which is unbelievable to say uh, they're even putting him in that, uh, in that conversation, but it's true. This guy's a clear-cut generational talent, and I'm really excited to see what he has to do in his NHL career. And we're just lucky to be able to see uh, his career unfold, and it's yeah, we're just super lucky. Um, as far as Bedard in this tournament alone, uh, obviously pretty pretty unanimous that he would have got MVP and best forward, but what do you got about this guy? No surprise here whatsoever. It was very obvious that he would win both of these awards, best forward and MVP. When you look at the history of the World Juniors, he might have had one of the most valuable tournaments ever. You know, you think of some of the best World Junior players ever, some of the best tournaments ever. You think of guys like Peter Forsberg, you know, and Marcus Nasland, but that was the same year. They played on the same team. Bedard was all alone. Like, he, he was by far and away the MVP of this tournament. He led in points by, like, 9 or 10 you know, he had like over three points a game in this tournament. He's only 17. He was unbelievable. He was, it wasn't even close. He was the best tournament, best player in this tournament by far. And he was so valuable to Canada. Canada wouldn't have been even close to making the finals without Bedard. They might not even have won the quarterfinal game without Bedard. Bedard really, throughout the tournament, pretty much carried Canada. Like, like, like we said earlier, that first line for Canada, Wright and Gunther, was not good at all. You know, at least offensively, they didn't have any even strength production whatsoever until the gold medal game, and it was all Bedard. If it weren't for him, Canada wouldn't have made it even to the finals. So 
he was unbelievable this tournament. He totally deserves that award. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how he'll play in the NHL next year. Obviously, this will be his last World Junior Tournament. And, you know, we mentioned earlier, it's been a long time since an 18-year-old rookie came into the league and dominated. I think that Bedard will do that next year. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a highly anticipated rookie season coming up. Uh, obviously, huge lottery for the handful of teams that have a chance at getting him. As far as how he's going to do in his rookie season, I- I'm very interested to see how uh, his his game de- uh, kind of transfers to the NHL. You know, when you see McDavid, obviously, in the World Juniors, his speed was something else. And you when you saw him, you were like, wow, this guy, his speed's going to transfer to the game pretty easily, you know. As far as his... As far as Bedard's uh, skill set with his shot and now his playmaking, I'm very interested to see how this uh, transfers to the NHL just with better goaltenders, better defensemen, you know, better coaching. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I feel like in his rookie year, if he scores 20, uh, 25 goals, I think that's a huge success. This isn't, you know, I don't, I don't think we should put this expectation on him that he needs to score 30 or 40 his first year because that's just that's ridiculous in my opinion. Especially if he's on Arizona. Yeah, for sure. Not playing with a lot of great players. But, um, you know, maybe his future teammate, Logan Cooley, uh, was also a huge uh, player in this tournament. And uh, they were both represented as the, uh, on the All-Star team. Uh, for one of the forwards was Connor, Connor Bedard. The next forward was Logan Cooley. And the last forward was uh, Yuri Kulik from Czechia. Uh, they're probably not a huge surprise as far as the forward group, hey? Yeah, I, I think they pretty much got all that right. I think the only one that I would change is maybe just replace Kulik with Jimmy Snigrud on US. But they were neck and neck anyway, and Kulik's team did make the final. So I think you did need a Czech player on there. And, you know, Kulik did have seven goals in seven games. And, you know, he really did carry a lot of the offense for Czechia. So I'm not complaining about that. I think they did well with these all-star team picks. Yeah, I don't think you can complain too much about who we got, and especially on the back end here. We got uh, David Yerchek, uh, also from Czechia, and Ludvig Janssen. Uh, you know, a little bit surprising tournament from Ludvig Janssen. We didn't have him as, you know, a huge front runner for even the best defenseman of the tournament. But according to these guys, he might have been the second he might have been the runner-up. Uh, so, great performance from him. Had a lot of assists. Um, you know, something we didn't really expect, but definitely well-deserved. Yeah, I, I think he was tied for the tournament lead for defenseman in points with Ryan Ufko on US. And Ufko had, like, one goal, nine assists. Janssen had, like, four goals and six assists. So, I think Janssen was a bit better there. And, you know, he, he was really surprising, like you said. Coming in, you know, he, he was the only returning on the back end for Sweden, so I did expect him to play a big role, but I did not know he was capable of doing this. I, you know, going in, I, pred- I, I said that Sandin Pelica was probably their most gifted offensive defenseman. I think I'm still right about that. He did end up manning that top power play. Janssen was on the second power play, and that second power play was way better than the first power play, and he got a lot of points there quarterbacking that, and I think that's why he made this all-star team. Yeah, for sure, definitely surprise there. As far as the goalie for the all-star team, we have Thomas Suhanek from Czechia. Another solid tournament from this guy. Uh, he's been great in the last two last two tournaments, beating USA and Canada in both. Um, probably he didn't beat them when it mattered in, in the finals, but still great performances by this guy and uh, definitely well-deserved, especially after Lindbaum's kind of meltdown in the bronze medal game. 
yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I think he had a great tournament. He's a huge reason Czechia made the gold medal game. I think he deserved that. All right, yeah, so with that being said, that's going to wrap up our three episodes about the World Juniors. Uh, from here on out, we're just going to be talking about NHL. And tune in next Monday on January 16th when we both have our Stanley Cup predictions. So that's going to be a really good episode, and uh, make sure to tune in. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.